0: Radio, radio. (laughs) Mystery surrounds us,
1: mystery all around us. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co host. Luca Alex, we join you this week, just just on the other side of the biggest heat wave that BC and actually the hottest temperatures that Canada has seen so far. Now the heat wave is just beginning its roll across other provinces, and you know, even by the time this airs on Friday, it will be probably breaking records in other parts of the country, and maybe it will even shatter the records for all time high in Canada that we recently just set here in BC. And considering that Luca and I were feeling like we can breathe for the first time today in about five days. Um and that was a long five days, wasn't it? Didn't that yeah, just- especially since we're not we're not
2: equipped to deal with this in Vancouver. We we don't usually get temperatures like this.
3: So yeah. we were
1: feeling colossally hit. <laughs> and and we don't have an infrastructure that supports it. There's there's very few houses that have AC, very few houses that have heat ventilation for like yeah. if I, like we're, we're meant to retain heat because of the winters, right? So we've got yes. that part down. Although I have to say, Vancouver is also not even that good, not compared to other parts of the country, because we just okay. don't even get the colder temperatures. So yeah, it's it's one of those things of. We don't have the infrastructure in our homes or in businesses, so businesses had to shut down if they didn't want their employees, you know, collapsing from heat exhaustion. We don't have the patterns of life that exist in in areas of the world where they are used to heat, although really what we're encountering is something that is going to be and already is being encountered around the world as the world is shifting, you know, this is, this is the consequence of decisions that were made actions that have been being taken for at least a century cumulatively. We, we we get upset
2: when, when the norm is not maintained, but Uh, norms are not, I mean, they're norms only for a while. They, they shift and change. And even, even without, um, the climate crisis as we refer to it, global warming yeah. uh, the, the, we know because of what we dug up in the world, all the archaeologists digging things up, that that climate has changed on this planet. Yes, and it is changing. So we know that we um, the one thing that we can anticipate is change. and and yet, as human beings, we rail against it when it shows up,
1: right? Well, and I think there's there's also a resistance right now because uh, we also know the science, we can look through the science to know that we created this. This was not a natural shift or, you know, the, the earth, the causes of climate changes and in, in down through history have been things like a volcano, a massive volcano eruption where the the, what's it called? That goes up into the air, when they explode the ash, the ash the ash yeah like what is this <laughs> word, word? <laughs> there is the <a> word <laughs> yeah yeah the ash creates a, a barrier that then superheats the area also prevents the sun causes I mean as far as we know right i mean that's in our recorded history um no 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 this is i'm not talking about recorded history i'm talking about um, pre prehuman um, when they're looking back through yeah through the geological record and finding the the events yeah. that have impacted the earth so yeah. but we can we can directly map this to the gluttony of the human species and yeah. the the living in the now and not cons- not caring really about yeah. the, the consequences Well, and I think I do think that there's an element here of not wanting to change, right? And it's
2: change that got us to this place in the first place, right? We we said, oh goody, now we can burn fossil fuels, and now we can get around the planet faster, and all of those. That kind of change we'll embrace, but the kind of change that says, oh, maybe that wasn't such a good idea. Uh, Maybe we need to take some of our technology and figure out how to do this so that it doesn't impact the planet the way it is. That kind of change, we're much, much slower to embrace. And and even as you were saying, to acknowledge that it exists, because right now we know, we know, and we're sticking our heads in the sand collectively and saying, no, 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 we want to keep burning our fossil fuels. We want to keep living the way we've been living. Yeah, that's part of it.
1: That's the part that's really easy.
2: We yeah. want to keep yeah. living the way that we've been living. Yeah. And that's within our control. And we're yeah. choosing at the moment, collectively, not to do anything about it.
1: What, um, what would you, what are you willing to give up, Luca, to shift into something more sustainable? And well, I'll ask that question too. I'm not just trying to throw that out. Yeah,
2: no, but I think, I mean, I think that uh, you and I being the kind of people that we are, we've already started shifting, right? When I can, when I can see what's going on, I already start to shift. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe I'm a little bit ahead of the curve. Um, But I think that there are always even more things that we can give up. Um, I've already given up driving a car. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean I don't partake of traveling around in other people's cars on, on occasion. And um, that. I think is an is a is an adaptation that is probably good that we that we share rides more right mm-hmm. that we have fewer cars on the road and that there's more of us using fewer cars that's that's already a start but um, what am I prepared to give up it's um, I think I think when we get to the biggest most global level of this we're looking at. We have to change our systems. Yeah. And that means that we have to have a collective will to change our systems. And that means we have to start voting differently. Yeah. That means we have to start promoting people into politics who who not just promise to do something about global warming and about how we're using our energy and how we're setting up our systems on the planet, but that we're willing to hold them accountable when they don't. Yeah. Um and and that's what we're seeing. I mean the our our federal government in Canada came to power on promises of a whole bunch of things that they have not done in terms of climate and and they're still in power. and and I can't figure out why we haven't done something about them not fulfilling their promises. Right. I mean, to me, that's a sacred contract and legal and sacred contract. They said that's what they would do, and they're not doing it. Mm hmm. mm -hmm. So that's and that's, you know, that's not just going to work every day and putting food on our tables. That's that requires that we participate in a different way.
1: I feel like there's there's something about rebellion here about. When we refuse to engage in the food system, as it has been where we, you know, even a garden is an act of rebellion. It is capitalism, right? Yes. Yes. So I just, an amazingly generous person today from our buy nothing group just offered hundreds of tomato plants and various other um, (laughs) saplings and other cuttings and was, was doling them out. You could arrange to come by and he'd give you what you had. I've ended up with about eight little tomato plants and a fig sapling and a rhubarb um, plant. And And I'm not a gardener. But I, with this gift, I feel a responsibility to honor the generosity of a spirit that provided it. And I'm going to make these plants make food. Well, and, right? and I think there's a, there's, a, there's a concept buried in there,
2: which is I'm not a gardener, right? Yeah. And we think we've, we're, we're in a society now where you can't claim to be something unless you are the expert, the best at it, the best. You are and, right. And if you garden... If you put anything in the ground and water it and and reap from that,
1: you're a gardener. Well, but that's actually why I haven't given myself the the title because I have put things into the ground and I have occasionally watered them and I don't even remember to harvest if they actually come to harvest because I'm, I've been so scatterbrained about it, but I can also look back on that now, a little bit of a Eureka right now in the moment and realize that that was also a product of me still being too busy which is also me engaging with a different system that the productivity system, the expectations of what does success look like and the busyness that I had allowed myself to cultivate or to be drawn into for the last number. Like I'm this whole year, I think we've talked about this already in some previous shows. Like this whole year for me has been a divesting of, I didn't know how many things were on my plate until it would be like, oh, that one, okay, that's taken off no. or I need to yeah. save for that anymore. And oh, yeah. look, that one's now going off. And I feel like I've got nothing on my plate and then nope, 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 actually there is something else and now let's take yeah. that off. And it's it's disconcerting, but at the same time, it suddenly created all this spaciousness. So the idea of I could have plants in my yard now and I'm mostly at home, which is, I was I thought I was mostly at home before, the pandemic because (laughs) I don't work in an office. I work for myself, but I have to admit, I was driving around a lot. I just do lots of things and meet lots of people and and visit places and whatever errands. Now I really have been more at home. And with, yeah. with the busyness really dialed down and me being much more deliberate and careful about what goes back on my plate now that most things are off, yeah. I probably can look after a garden. But this mm-hmm. is an interesting and that's an actor I'm rebelling against my programming. Your but, own programming. Yeah. Yes. yes <laughs> which nobody is, enforced but you, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so I'm not gonna lay blame on anyone else, but no. They, no. <laughs> But the, you know what? And that's an important phrase. Where are we laying blame? This recently, you know, we were talking about this, or I was talking about this with uh, maybe not on the show, but with close friends and family recently, mm-hmm. especially in light of um, the recovery of the bodies that are being found continually. There was some more, 182 more today, Luca. I don't know if you heard about that. No, I haven't heard it. From but the Putinese a residential yeah. school in the Kootenays, which is where yeah. I spent my young childhood. Yeah. And um, the conversations I've been having with friends and family lately have been usually the beginning part of the conversation is around shame and around people feeling, why am I, why do I feel like everyone's trying to shame me? I didn't do this.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. I didn't create this. And then moving the conversation away from you know why is every you know why is everybody always picking on me kind of a yeah. thing yeah. to um, okay wait so we're here right now um, it's true it was ancestral decisions mm-hmm. and people who created this we are not absolved from racism in our world right now. Canada racism mm-hmm. is alive and thriving because mm-hmm. we're still not con- able to really look at it directly and own that the seeds are still there. We're still mm-hmm. growing the weeds of racism. Yeah. But the specific one, the residential schools one, okay, I didn't have anything to do with it. My parents didn't have anything to do with it. I was an immigrant. I came over from, from England. It doesn't matter. I come from England. England is a colonizer, (laughs) like where the roots are the same. (laughs) It's from the same plant. Again, it may not have been my people directly. It wasn't my religion. It doesn't matter. So shame feels like a distraction. Shame feels like an understandable pull. And it's the same with climate change. It's not my fault. I didn't create this. I'm not making the problems. Why do I have to change now and, and do all of this work? I didn't create it but we're the ones that are here now we have the power and it's only in our power we can't go and dredge the old folks up out of their graves and get them to fix it well and it's it's really about what we're going to do going forward right yeah
2: and not just forward next week or next month or next time we change our government but what are we going to do going forward from this minute this hour today uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember when I was a kid, m- when when we got my brother and I got caught doing something that we weren't supposed to be doing, and we and we would Im- immediately go into the blame shame game, right? Which was he started it, um, and and it wasn't me, <laughs> right? And I remember my mother saying to us, "I don't care who started it, you're both going to stop it right now." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and. And find a way to sort this out between the two of you is what she used to say to us because there were only two of us, right? Yeah. And we'd go mumbling and grumbling away, and and then eventually we'd find a way to sort it out between the two of us. But this, the the blame shame game is a it's it's an. Uh, a, a juvenile way of looking at the world. And I don't mean juvenile in any kind of pejorative sense, just in the sense that it's something that we do when we're very young, when we haven't learned our way out of it yet. And and our society in a way is behaving like that. It's time that societally we grew up and started taking responsibility for our actions right here and now. Um, Never mind how it got to be this way, right? Now to some extent we need to know how it got to be this way so that we can change it, but but not so that we can lay blame because blame just makes everybody retreat into their into their shell and not want to come out.
1: I just realized something as you were relating that very relatable story, having had a brother and having had the exact same interactions <laughs> with him and my parents. Yes. yes. And that but I didn't start it it is it is a youthful response we we, we yeah. kind of we grow out of that as we get older except yeah. not really because it is showing up with climate change so i hear, yeah. hear you're saying there's a parallel here but mm-hmm. you know what else is present in that question mm-hmm. i didn't start it there's a call for justice in that response mm-hmm. which is yeah. interesting if we look at it that way mm-hmm. because why mm-hmm. are we feeling the need to to say that just started yes. it's because yeah. there are people who are wounded who are also yeah. calling for justice so is that not interesting yeah. there is a call for justice yeah. from yeah. indigenous peoples in this land a mm-hmm. call that has not been fully re- a heard answered responded to with with energy and effort from mm-hmm the government level, from the religious level, from our community level and individual level. All, you know, all of those need to be present for this to be really working towards truth and reconciliation. And yet the response is another response that's from this justice bone that we've got somewhere in our body. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I didn't start it. Mm -hmm. We want the blame to be accurate. We want the shame to land where it's deserved, mm-hmm. which means we have a knowledge that it needs to land. There must be justice. Well, it's like it's like justice and injustice is a
2: chord that is vibrating. Yes. And it's vibrating loud and clear. We all know there's an injustice there. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. do know it, right? We don't want to be on the wrong end of it. Exactly. None of us want to be on the wrong end of it, right? Yes. yes. E- even, even if if our ancestors were on the wrong end of it.
1: Yeah, um, we don't want to and, be blamed for our yeah. grandparents' things because yeah. that was our grandparents. Again, we yeah. are an autonomous being yeah. and we're we maybe- But I as think as we
2: as can go down that rabbit hole for a long time as a society. Way. If we looked at it and said really primarily what the First Nations people are asking for is for it to stop up. Yeah, like before you even make restitution of what for what has happened, stop it now. Don't yeah.
1: do it anymore. Right, right? Mm-hmm. that we do have control over, and that's where we still feel the urgency because of how this then transmuted into the care system, foster care, yeah. which is yeah. still just another way in which it's really not, about care. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's really about care. appropriated from their indigenous families. So these yeah. things are melded together just okay. as heat melts things <laughs> into it's the melting pot we used to say well, i was just thinking about when we were thinking about heat today and yeah. i was thinking about
2: well what turns up the heat under us mm-hmm. i mean temperature certainly does mm-hmm. and i noticed that while we were going through this heat wave unprecedented heat wave here in vancouver where we're not used to dealing with it people were getting more and more short-tempered oh yeah their, their tolerance for anything was way less than usual. It, and it forces things into our faces, right? The, the things that we can just stumble over and push away, um, we, can, we can't do that right now, we're, we're reacting.
1: Yeah, we, I had, I've had conversation with a number of people in my friend circle as of last night and this morning, multiple, many of us were popping last night yeah, I had a meltdown over something that really I can look on the other side and be like, well, I can understand it, but it really wasn't worth that kind of a panicked response. Yes. And a lot of people are kind of are feeling this. Our, our our resources are it's funny. It's like I think we don't understand how much mental and physical resources go into navigating that physical environment yeah. of the heat. And again, mapping this across, thinking about our indigenous friends and family in the community. And this has turned up the heat to have the recovery of children that have been, were taken, were lost, were tried to be forgotten deliberately by the government that they did not forget. To have them finally be acknowledged. It's like the cracking open like the the heat of the grief of the anger of the rage of the horror, yeah. and that means there are not uh, there's not as much energy available to go into being just nice. Yeah. Right. Or or, and and I say that not even intending to say that that's what we should be doing right it's just an acknowledgement of that's not yeah. where energy is going to be going yeah. right now and oh but boy do we need to have compassion with each other and with ourselves right now yeah. like the thing yeah. that this is really calling and again we're just going to play this as a parallel as we talk about this like the heat forced us to slow down Yes you tried to live as you normally do during those days you are out out you try yeah. to walk or exercise the way yeah. that you normally would you can't do it taken down with heat exhaustion or- there's a there's a wonderful
2: parallel that I was reading about this morning about um, the BC's ambulance service mm. and the and the paramedics because apparently they're they're already stretched mhm um like completely stretched and don't have enough people so they they don't have enough people going into the service in order to service the needs that were already there and then we had the opioid crisis and then we had the pandemic and then we had a heat wave and so they're dealing with you know double and triple the number of calls that they had before and they were stretched before so for the last five years We've had those personnel stretched to their max, and then we added more in. Yeah. And I think this is what happens to the fabric of our society when we're being so stretched by so many different things, and we're trying, we're running to just to, to keep up. Yep. We we lose our ability to handle anything else. It can, you could put a hair on the scales, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, and, and we can't handle it anymore
1: and maybe nothing even happens and you just suddenly fall apart and the whole point is that it's just yeah. <laughs> everything that holds you together yeah. is just loosening up i think it's time for a song for a song uh, so I've uh, we had to go with a theme today. So I've picked Hot, Hot, Hot by Buster Poindexter and his Banshees of Blue. I never knew that was the name of the band that sings a song and it just cracks me up. Buster Poindexter and his Banshees of Blue. Let's listen to Hot, Hot, Hot and we'll commiserate with it. We'll sing with it. We're going to put the lime in the coconut, baby, as we sing Hot, Hot, Hot. And we'll be back in a few minutes. Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca, with my co host, Luca. We are talking this week about turning up the heat. We're just coming out the other side. We're starting to breathe in Vancouver. Uh, We're recording this on Wednesday. By Friday, when this is airing out, the heat will be well over, I believe, Alberta, Saskatchewan. I'm not too sure where, you know, how this is going to map out across the country, but we send you love. Yes, we, no, are, so we we're, commiserate we're, with you. We're pushing <laughs> our cold air towards you now that cold, cold. It's like twenty <laughs> cool. degrees. It cool feels air. cold now. This would be like yeah. a hot day for me. And normally yeah. now I'm just like, whoa, it's so nice. Yeah. We were just listening to uh, Hot, Hot, Hot with Boy- Buster Poindexter and his Banshees of Blue. And we're talking about being stretched, being overstretched. And when more is piled on us, whether it be the external physical environment of the heat, whether it be the spiritual environment of recovering the horrors of recovering like well over, we're into 1,550 some bodies as of today of children, of indigenous families, families that were that were um, buried on residential school land, not even in graves. It, it, it's unmarked. They were not wanted to be found. Lives um, cut short with no respect. Yes, yeah. And we're talking about navigating this how to navigate that which has overstretched us, and what do we need to be adapting? If we know, so I had a conversation, Luca, with um, my youngest son in the kitchen the other day. Well, it was the first of the really hot day. So it had already been a hot hot, and a medium hot. Now we were like entering the super hot. And I was I was like captain of the ship. I was in charge. I was like, okay, temperature outside is hotter than inside. Everything closed and windows and curtains down. Turn on this and do this. And you know we were strategizing like Matt. We had a no stove rule for the entire time. There was nobody touching that stove. Oh my gosh, you dare to touch that stove? <laughs> You're going to go outside as your punishment. So- we were strategizing in the kitchen and he stood beside me and he said, mom, I feel like we're preparing for the zombie apocalypse and I like it. <laughs> and I just—I had to laugh, but at the same time, it was like, oh my gosh. But my son, I feel like we need to be ready to be being proactive yeah. for things like this. I, I just think we're going to be encountering them more and more. And it's a shift into a different gear, right? It's yeah. it, and I it I think it it parallels
2: the the slow food movement, the the we've our lives got so busy and so scheduled and so loaded. And uh and that this idea of we've got to keep running to make enough money in order to keep running to make enough money. Yeah. Um we gotta slow down. Our our health is telling us. Our mental health is telling us we have to slow down. And in hot, hot, hot countries, they don't move as fast as we do. Yeah, no. We're trying to run at the same speed in the summer as we run in the winter when it's cold.
1: And we can't do it. So speaking of slow, I'm realizing that in my eagerness to dive into all of what we have to talk about today that I have not yet uh, done our land acknowledgement. So I would like to do that now. Uh, just to take a minute to, again, ground us. We, Luca, we, by, by we, I mean Luca and I, we yes. live, we work on the unceded ancestral territories of the Musqueam, the Squamish, the tsleil and the Coquitlam nations. And unseated is especially ripe for us to acknowledge right now. That word is in that land acknowledgement for a reason, not just we're on the land of. It is unseated. It means there were no treaties signed in BC. We are an unusual province in our relationship with First Nations because we do not have treaties with our First Nations in which they they gave, and I'm using air quotes, gave the crown, the land. Now you can also debate the validity of the giving of the land by treaty in other provinces in terms of paradigms. Like, (laughs) as uh, last week, James Taylor, our guest, was saying um, at one point, Indigenous peoples did not consider themselves to own the land. So so therefore they couldn't give it to anybody. Yeah, exactly. But we, you know, colonizers, we took it. We don't really stop to ask if it's ours to take. We just... One, So that means there are no treaters, treaties in place. And yet here we all are, which really behooves me to think that we must constantly be recognized. It's sort of like okay. I move into a guest room of a family. They haven't told me I can live there forever, but they're happy to welcome me. And then I just start living as though it's my home and maybe displacing them, etc. And, you know, it's really important for me to recognize whose who's home am I in? And then maybe I even sell that room to somebody oh, else, gosh. right? Right, in their house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So slowing down. When we slow down, this is when we start to be able to ask: Do I really need to do this? Is this what I really want? Does it have to be like this? Yeah. And does I, it even feel good? Yeah. Yeah. Does this even feel good? Yeah. 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 And yeah. How, is it, how is it affecting me,
2: really affecting me? And how will it affect me when I'm old, when I, my, the, the future generations, how is it going to
1: affect us? And what would I like to choose now? Yeah. Which, that question, I think, is a mm-hmm. really good one to get to. It's mm-hmm. empowering to remember. I have a choice every day.
2: Yeah. And I minute
1: of every day. And I can choose a new direction. I can choose to set boundaries. I can choose to um, stop listening to certain programming that I may have just accepted. Um, Yeah.
2: When I was a kid, we had school ended at the end of June, and we had two whole months of being off the schedule. Um, and in those days, we were off the schedule. We, we didn't have our summers all scheduled because our mothers were at work. Because in those days, a lot of mothers, we had the 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 fortune, good fortune, of having our mothers not be at work. Now yeah. that's that wasn't the case for everyone, but it was for us, and it meant that we really did have a change of pace in the summer. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we're even getting that anymore. Mm-hmm. That change of pace, and I there's something to be said for the seasons, um, and that we we have the opportunity to adjust our behavior and our outlook, um, and our pacing from one season to another.
1: Again, I think this relates back to capitalism and the idea of productivity and success that we have somehow just swallowed whole this concept that. A continuous level of output, whatever that looks like, is more desirable than a curve. And this is why we make, we have hot houses, and why we import fruits and vegetables from other parts of the country because we want to be able to have access to everything all the time. When I did the, the other day. I was standing looking at
2: apples because I happen to really like apples. And I looked at the apples in the, on, in the display outside my grocer, and I thought, those have to be either imported from South America or, or they're last year's apples. Yep, they are last year's they're apples. Still full, there's a full selection of apples. Yep. And when I was a kid, when I was a girl, mm-hmm. um, the, the fruit was in season. So as the fruit came into season, it would appear in the stores, but now it's really hard to tell what the season is by what food is there, because we're 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 in yeah. this place awesome. of having everything all the time, which takes some of how special it is away from it. It does. But it also disconnects us from the land because there's a there's a way in which eating with the seasons keeps us healthy. Yeah. yeah. That when and I noticed this when it was really hot here that I didn't want to eat the same kinds of foods as I would in the winter. I need the foods that are that don't need to be cooked, that are that have higher water content in them, right? The, The fruits, the leafy greens, the those kinds of things, right? So there's a wisdom in eating what is local. Yeah, um, And not, I mean, aside from the fact that we don't have to bring it from another continent in order to eat it. So there's, there's, I think we're, we're, we're rethinking all of this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it, in the, in the spirit of slowing down and changing the pace and uh, maybe, maybe it's time for another piece of music. And, and I was also looking at the, uh, i I pulled one of the truth bomb cards to, to uh, shift our perspective a little bit today. And it says laying on the floor and listening to music might be all the therapy that you need. And I was thinking about the number of times that we go to music to celebrate, to break things up, to give us a change of pace, to express emotions. Um, and, and James was doing this, he drummed for us and sang us a song even um, during, during the show last week. So this, I, I, like, I like that we break up the show with music and that, and that our guests bring their music with them and we're doing our best to, to choose topical music. So what have we got topically next? Well,
1: we've got Hotter, Colder. This song is by a man called This Is The Kit. Let's take a listen to Hotter, Colder by This Is The Kit we'll be back in just a couple of minutes.
3: Up jumped all the spirits. Up jumped all the spirits, out went all the lights. Then, with someone riding, riding on your shoulder, guiding you through darkness, playing hotter, colder. us so roughly No I disagree she listens and she, she sees Sees you getting colder sees you getting further.
1: Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. That was this is the kit with hotter, colder. That was fun. <laughs> that was really fun,
2: and and I do think that heat. When we turn up the heat, we do see our shadows, and they and they are murky and they are um, uh, clumsy in a way. Uh, they may be pinpoint, but also maybe even our ability to understand them is clumsy. Mm-hmm. To get the message is clumsy, right? Yeah. Um, but it's there. It's there and it doesn't go away. It's just sometimes we can paper over it better than other times. Um But but this is, it's a fun, I think this song is a fun way to take a look at the fact that um, I remember playing Hotter Colder when I was a kid and we'd say, you know, you're getting hotter or no, now you're getting colder. Um, and it's like, there's an assumption there that you're trying to find something, right? Yeah. Um, and I think we are trying to find. We're trying to find the truth. We're trying to find the better way. We're trying to find comfort, right?
1: <laughs> Especially in yeah. the heat. Um, and and we are sort of getting hotter and colder around it. And the words of that song: "Creature in the dark, your guiding is so clumsy. Fragile sanity, you're treating treating us so roughly." Uh, mm feel like we were, if we'd had access to this song and these lyrics during these days, it would have really resonated so yeah. we offer it now for those of you who are still in the heat right now. yeah, yeah. what if we were to view this uh, these alterations and these aberrations into the hotter into the colder as the, the Earth, our Mother Earth, giving us that wake-up call and helping us to understand not this way, not that way. Yes, this way. Yes, that way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's that like
1: having a pause. We're taking not, not okay. going to be able to ignore this anymore is what I'm also realizing. We are going to have our faces pushed in this and it is going to force us to make that choice daily, yeah. weekly, monthly. Yeah, About around everything,
2: around every, all the systems everything. that need to change, around, um, around the choices that we're making with the planet. Um, we, we have to change everything now. And, and it's not gonna change overnight, but if we don't start now, then it's gonna be even longer before we see any results. Yeah, yeah. So what can we do to support one another, right? To, to get through this, because I've seen a lot during, during the pandemic and during this, this um, five days of, of heat, we've had to reach out to one another. We've had to keep an eye on the people who are less able. Yeah. Um, I, and help them.
1: I noticed the last few days when I was in the thick of it, I didn't really have the resources to reach out to people as I wanted to, to check in on them. But at the same time, I may have been able to mobilize myself if I'd heard that someone was in need. So it's one of those things where there's this fine balance sometimes of the resources that you're needing and the permission you may be needing to give yourself to just take care of yourself, to attend to what you've got. But with that mindset and and availability and readiness for we'll make something happen if we know what each other's needs are. So there's a a bit of we need to ask as we're able. We need to tell people when we need help, yeah. as well. Yeah,
2: to the extent that we know it. I, yeah. I remember the in when I was a kid, and we used to drive through the countryside. Um, especially in the U.S., there would be um, mailboxes at the end of these very long drives out in the countryside, and they had a little flag on them. That if the flag was down, it meant that there was outgoing mail in the mailbox, right? And so the mail truck would know that 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 something needed to be picked up at that house, even if they wasn't if there wasn't a delivery to be made. And I and I feel like we all need to have the ability to put to put our little flag down on our mailbox when we need some help.
1: I think it's up is when it when or it up. Up.
2: We, we 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 Right. I'm with
1: yeah. you, I'm with you yeah. on it. Yeah. So yeah. like we need to be able to yeah, raise the little red flag.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's such a great metaphor, right? Oh. I need to
1: raise my little
2: red flag and say, I need some help. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is, it, this is communal. This is the whole planet, right? Yeah. This is not just one country, although sometimes one country can make a change more easily than the whole planet can.
1: Yeah. One
2: country can do something differently so that the rest of the
1: planet can see that it's possible. So I wanted, uh, how about I take a minute, I wanted to say some of the things that I see are going right. Yeah. So
2: the positive.
1: Yeah. So my local buy nothing group, which is on Facebook, and is very active. Mm -hmm. Um, And from my understanding, uh, you need to choose groups that are in your neighborhood. And of course, it may be I, I don't know how localized this gets. Maybe there's other places where it's cities have their own buy-nothings. In Vancouver, we've definitely got buy-neighborhoods, and they want you to only be in one, and it should be your own yes. neighborhood. Yes. yes. And that in that group, there were a lot of people who, during these crazy days, were saying, even if they... So they would say like, I need, what I need is an air conditioner. What I need is a fan, but the essence of this need is we're hurting here. We are so overheated and people would come by to at least offer support and ideas for how, even if they didn't have a fan or they didn't have AC, it was a place for accessing support. And it was, It was lovely because it wasn't just amongst friends, which is what often happens on Facebook, right? This was amongst strangers, but community looking to have each other's backs. And there's also, that's where I sourced these plants today that are going to Mm go and into my yard and and provide some food for my family. Um, These are ways in which people are beginning to reach out to recreate this community fabric. In, mm-hmm. and, and actually, there it's, it's ironic that it's coming through Facebook. Facebook was such an alienator from mm-hmm. in-person connection. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe it was not the creation of that alienation, but it was a, an exhibition of the disconnect that yep. we had already worked ourselves into. Showing a spotlight on it. <laughs> yeah. And so yep. then it, it became a host for a virtual connection, which was we all loved because it was so much more than we'd had to that Mm -hmm. point, we were so disconnected, but it now has become its own kind of problematic entity. And yet through it here is something new that is coming out that is reintroducing the, you know what? We live here in communities, let's go visit each other and pick things up from each other. And remember what it's like to get to know your neighbor and to know where they live, and to know a little bit about them, and to know and that that concept has several bi- positive byproducts.
2: One of them is that you get to know your neighborhood better. Another one is that you don't have to go out and buy new things all the yeah. time, right? Yeah. So there's less stuff going into landfill. Yep. Um, so so there's a
0: and.
1: and Or even just sitting unused in people's homes, because sometimes what happens is you're just borrowing. I just need to borrow something for a while. It becomes like a vast community lending library, which has already been being attempted through things like the tool library here in Vancouver, which you can sign up for and you can go and and rent things and Yeah. yeah.
2: And we've had this concept around library books for a long time. Is why the tool library is called a tool library, right? A library because we borrow we borrow things. There's also a an app called Next Door that right. works in a very similar way. Um, and it isn't just about things. It's also about did you notice that and ah. warning about things about you know this or there's there's there doing a whole bunch of construction here don't go that way or um you know we've got we've got somewhere cool here or there's something going on in a park nearby or whatever it is right so um and it's really there it's geared in the same way as by nothing it's geared to getting to know your neighbors better yeah to deepen that feeling of neighborhood so that people are not feeling so alienated
1: yeah yeah it's so true i i have that on my phone too And uh, I think Facebook also introduced their own version of neighborhoods. I'm sure they're always trying to piggyback off ideas that are being successful elsewhere. So they've got neighborhoods very much similar to the next door type thing. But it's true. It's a new way since we don't really spend that much time walking around or in our backyards talking to people over the fence. This is what we are spending time virtually online. It's one way at least to start to get to know your neighbors a little bit. I think these are the
2: problems. pandemic's been doing that too, right? Because yeah. more people are working from home. So more people are around during the day. So they're, they're seeing one another. They're interacting with one another. Yeah. yeah. Albeit with masks on to, yeah. still to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. So anything else that's coming to mind for you in terms of heat and what happens or it is turned up under us?
1: Clarifying. I'm thinking about like, ghee. (laughs) When you've got butter, my butter is trying to turn into ghee in my (laughs) my cupboard right now. When you heat butter, um, very gently, the impurities will float to the surface and you can skim them off and the remaining butter is clarified butter, also also known as ghee. And (laughs) I feel like this can happen to us. Like the amount of grossness that I feel on my body at the end of, you know, the middle of the afternoon as I've been sweating, sweating, but sweating also serves to remove toxins from your body. So what if this is purifying us? What if this is clarifying us and body and soul and spirit? It's very difficult when we go through it, but you know what? Saunas are used for a reason. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Yes.
2: And so when you turn the heat up under us, it forces us to pay some attention to things that perhaps we weren't paying attention to before. Yeah. To clarify things, to, um, to figure out what we need to make ourselves healthier, more comfortable, take care of ourselves so that we don't go into arrest rest of some kind. Yeah. Uh, not a rest, but a rest. Um, yeah. So, so it it's an opportunity. I think, all change is an opportunity.
1: Yeah, yeah. On a positive yeah. note. <laughs> Absolutely. So what preparations do you want to make now? That, here's the other thing is that we've got a moment to breathe. And in this moment to breathe when it cools down a bit now it's not even down to like the what the normal cool days would feel like at this time I think we're on the hotter end but context right uh it now feels cool we now have reclaimed that ability to move and to plan and to think and to be proactive are there any changes you are planning on making lucas that you can perhaps navigate something like this if it comes through again what does that make me it makes me take advantage of the cooler time to do the things that require more
2: energy right yeah Get them done so that so that when it heats up again if it heats up again I've got, I've got those things done. They're out of the way.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Uh, I, I think I was very aware of the fact that we don't live here the way countries live where there's a lot of heat. Yeah. So it, it's an opportunity to be ready to change our schedules so that we're not trying to do things in the heat of the day. But we but we're resting during the heat of the day, and then we do things when the day cools down a little bit, which is what naturally happens in really hot countries yeah, um, sure. we, we have the opportunity to build differently yeah um, because in countries where it's hot they have big overhangs on their buildings and they have ceiling fans and they have um, uh, the, the buildings are designed so there's a cross breeze and, and you would have experienced that when you were living in Sri Lanka. Yeah. So, and we don't build that way. No. Uh, so I think that we need to, we need to take our climate more into consideration when we design our dwellings. Yeah.
1: Or our changing climate, I think is what you mean. Right. And
2: our changing climate, but, it, but it, you know, in, in any form, because in North America, we've never had to worry about how much energy we were using. Right. Yeah. So, you know i think passive passive heal, heating and and passive energy is an important thing to take into consideration whether our climate changes or not
1: yeah yeah agreed
2: so I've, we have an opportunity to change the way we yeah. the way we design uh, design our lives design our buildings design our food intake yeah. our you know lots of different
1: things yeah design yeah, yeah. I, I that's that, that's in alignment with me too i feel I, i'm actually draw dr- pulling up from my memory, a lot of the uh, ways of setting up houses in Sri Lanka that they have things like door curtains so that you can have privacy, even if you have doors open for the purpose of airflow. And uh, I'm thinking about, you know, creating some things like that so that there can be yeah, and clothing. It's yeah. actually not cooler to wear fewer clothes, right? You want to wear lighter clothes.
2: Yeah, you yeah. still want clothes because it keeps your sweat close to your body and keeps you cooled down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we have, we have, we can learn from one another. It's not like we don't know these things on the planet. We're just not necessarily sharing them. It comes back to that idea of sharing in your, um, in your neighborhood.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, as we move forward, and as we find what our new normal looks like, and as we navigate these hotter, colder days.
2: I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Hallex, Power Sorcerer.
1: And Rebecca Mears,
2: Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself.
1: Luca can be reached at www.lucahallux.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, 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 yep.
0: oh, ha, ah, ah, ha, ah, ah. ha, ha. Happy, 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 Boing, 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 boing. keep